Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast. He's Justin Dunk. I'm John Hodge. Today we're discussing Randy Ambrose's vague update on XFL Talks, Edmonton's $13 million trust fund, and some questionable numbers from the CFL's National Combine. But first, Dunkster, the CFL announced its return to play plan on Wednesday with a target date of August 5th. The league is planning to draft a new 14-game schedule that will conclude with a December 12th Grey Cup in Hamilton. The plan is contingent upon health approval from all six provinces and hosting a substantial number of fans. Dunkster, what are your thoughts on the CFL's plan? Overall, to me, there's still a lot of what-ifs or hurdles to go through. So as much as I really do believe what the CFL did was smart for the first time in a long time, they deserve (laughs) the credit for that. We have a target date. We have an idea of what kind of a season they're trying to play. And we have the details of what could lead to football actually happening. That said... There are still many things that need to be crossed off on the checklist, top among them. There's no COVID collective bargaining agreement yet signed by the players. And Hodge, you and I well know how upset a number of those players were when they felt like they were going to have to take another hit to their salaries, which are already, in my mind, low enough outside of the quarterbacks in this league, to potentially play in 2021. We have owners that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, and they're looking at the players to take the hit. I just can't understand it 
from that perspective. But overall, I do think it was a very different approach from the CFL, and they deserve credit for that. Yeah, I mean, the silence had been deafening from the CFL for so long, and you know, all we, we weren't asking for anything 100% set in stone. I don't think anybody was, be it fans, media, whatever. I think we were just saying, hey, you know, you, you, you've not said anything, and let's not forget, in 2020, the CFL kept fans in the dark for so long, I think they've kind of lost the benefit of the doubt, quite frankly, in terms of fans, media, whatever, uh, having faith, right, in the leadership of the CFL to, to trust them without getting a sense of, okay, here's what's going on, here's what the plan is. And so, again, it's not a concrete plan. It's contingent, again, on the approval from the six provinces and their, their health officials. It's also, you know, need, needing a substantial number of fans. Now, what is a substantial number of fans? Rick Lawlisher said, you know, it's four to 5,000 in B.C., uh, Winnipeg said they're expecting under 50%. Saskatchewan, you know, said they're not really putting a number on it yet. But I do applaud the CFL. It was overdue, but again, I give them credit. We needed some sense of a timeline, which they gave us with August 5th. And we needed some sense of, you know, the checklist. Here's X, Y, and Z, what we need to play. Um, it had been long speculated that the CFL wouldn't play without fans. I give them credit for finally coming out and saying it. We need fans in the stands. Thank you for admitting it publicly. Let's move on and do what we need to do to get football on the field in 2021. And they did do that. But then, as you mentioned, Saskatchewan Rough Riders president Craig Reynolds doesn't put a number on the amount of fans that they would need to get football going. So to me, that was a little bit head scratching because you had all of this positive momentum in terms of the announcement. You have, as you said, Rick LaLosure give that number for the Lions. You have the Ottawa Red Blacks and their president, Mark Gowdy, come out and say, hey, just tell us when to play. We'll bite the bullet and do it, even if there aren't any fans in the stands. And you have arguably the biggest franchise in the CFL and the one with the most following. I don't even think you can really argue that one that won't come out and say the number that it will take for them to get on the field. So to me, I don't really understand that. I know it's tricky and you don't want to be held to that, but you internally know what that number is. And I'm sure it was discussed with every team around the table saying, all right, what's it going to take for the Montreal Alouettes to get on the football field? Now, the other thing that should be said, Hodge, is what people say in the public and gets read in the media is much different than what goes on behind closed doors. That is an important aspect here as we look at this August 5th target date. Yes, and, and you're right. It would have been nice for the riders to come out and say, here's our number, especially because, as you said, Lawlisher, Gowdy, and some other teams were very forthcoming with that information. And obviously, I mean, Craig Reynolds, we know he earns his paycheck. We know he knows the number. There's no way he doesn't know the number, hasn't put any thought into it. We know that he knows the number. Obviously, he's not willing to share it at this point publicly. But uh, I, I will say again, this is bare minimum stuff. And frankly, this is something the CFL should have done three or four months ago. Obviously, yes, the COVID situation is ever-changing. I will acknowledge that. However, you know, I wrote a column four months ago five months ago saying the CFL needs to guarantee a 2021 season 
They don't have to guarantee a start date. They don't have to guarantee 18 games. They don't have to guarantee anything other than just saying, hey, we're going to play football in 2021 because guess what? If you go two straight seasons without playing a game, you may as well fold the league. I don't care about the other parts of the business model. I don't care about anything else. If you're going almost three calendar years without a game, you may as well fold the league. There's no sense in maintaining this infrastructure if you're not going to play for that long. So it's late, but better late than never, as my old school teachers used to say when I handed in my assignments. Better late than never. Thank you for getting this in, CFL. We appreciate it. Now we're going to hold you accountable. Let's all work towards getting football happening again because Lord knows we need some football in our lives. And also, man, it's the first time in a long time that all of the teams have at least gotten on the same page. They might not be, let's say, at the top of the page together or the bottom, but they're there. And to me, that's what's held this league back overall is that the teams can't unanimously get things done. For example, last year in August, you have a majority of teams voting to play football in 2020 in that hub city in Winnipeg, yet we all know there was no football played. So it's something that has held the league back for a number of years, and at least it happened one time now, which I hope sets the precedent going forward. Yeah, and frankly, if there are six or seven teams who are in agreement on something, they need to tell the other two or three to shut up, get in line, and uh, work collaboratively. Because at the end of the day, I think you're bang on. If you look south of the border, the NFL is the best example of a league that is always on the same page. And guess what? The prosperity and unbelievable economic force that that league has generated and developed over the last you know, obviously it's been around for longer, but just, just the last 15 years of growth is is almost unfathomable. And uh, I'm not suggesting the CFL could ever grow that large, but, uh, you know, the fact remains, the CFL is, is an institution that needs its needs, not wants, needs its teams to be on the same page better, and that could only lead to further growth. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market, and we are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. That's code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Dunkster Randy Ambrosi provided a vague update on the discussions between the CFL and XFL saying, quote, 
What we're looking at and what we've been working on on our own is improving our business model, end quote. What were your thoughts on the commissioner's statement? Man, as much as we started off the first segment of the show being very (laughs) positive and commending the CFL for what they did with their announcement on April 21st this week, I just have a hard time really thinking that the CFL comes out and makes an announcement talking about talking and then details start to sprinkle out, Mr. Hodge, about what that announcement could be and the M word has widely been speculated, merger, and then Ambrosi comes out and tries to quiet things down from that perspective. To me, the reason is pure business. Right, You're trying to have a season in 2021 and not upset your fans, your hardcores, that if you do have a season with even those limited number of fans, you want to come back out in droves and spend on your money and hopefully, fingers crossed for the league, bet on your product. So to me, I think there is much more there than Ambrosia is letting on. He also came out and said, well, we want to find a made-in-Canada solution, and the XFL is not necessarily funding the 2021 season. But to me, he didn't say anything about Redbird Capital. And we all know that they are the major power brokers, let's say, in this situation, the ones that have fluid assets, meaning cash. So... I think he chose his words very carefully and just tried to downplay it overall. Yeah, I think that was clear. There was a lot of word salad in what he said on CFL.ca to Chris O'Leary. And I think he very purposely avoided the words merger, partnership. And I'm with you, Dunkster. I don't want to sound alarmist. I don't know if there's going to be a merger between the CFL and the XFL. I'm on the record as saying that's my prediction as to what's going to happen. And I'll say this. I've already booked my trip to Hamilton for the Grey Cup in December. Why? Because if it doesn't happen, I can cancel it anyways. And if it does, I think there is a legitimate chance it could be the last Grey Cup as we currently know it. You did an exclusive interview with Russ Jackson, the one and only and the greatest Canadian player in CFL history. He's not in favor of the league playing four-down football. What were your takeaways from your chat with Mr. Jackson? Well, the first thing I want to say is is I kept calling him Mr. Jackson during the interview, and then he insisted that I call him Russ. And uh, <laughs> the fact that I'm on a first-name basis with Russ Jackson um, is probably going on my resume, to be quite honest. I mean, it, uh, it, was, a, it was a wonderful, gratifying moment um, to be on a first-name basis with Russ Jackson. Um, that said, I mean, Russ Jackson vocalize something that I and I'll say this with especially since we introduced the Monday mailbag I've been getting emails pretty much every day from people just like Russ Jackson who are veteran CFL fans and Jackson three-time MLP you know uh, uh, arguably the greatest player period in the CFL if not certainly greatest Canadian player ever Um, and, and he he's currently like he lives in Burlington with his wife Lois Uh, They've got four tickets to the Hamilton Tiger Cats season tickets, and he's expressed that if the CFL goes to an Americanized version of the game, he's likely not going to renew those tickets, and that's something I've heard 
from literally dozens of people. Again, almost every day, emails show up in my inbox from people. If they play four downs, I'm out. If they play four downs, I'm out. If they change the game, I'm out. I'm not renewing my season tickets. I'm not paying for this. I pay for Canadian football, etc. And I think if you're the CFL, yes, the XFL money that could come in from Redbird Capital, potential partnership would, of course, be sweet. But how do you weigh the risk of giving up your hard cores? Yes, Russ Jackson is 84, but there are a ton of season ticket holders for the CFL in their 30s, 40s, 50s, etc., who are willing to give up, at least it appears now, their interest in the league if it changes to an American-style game. That is a major question mark for the league, my man. And I don't think they're putting enough stock into that. Money is still money. Do you need to get the younger younger demographic ingrained in your game and involved in it and interested in it, at least to begin with? Yes, but at what cost? That's going to be the, dare I say, $100 million or more question. Postmedia's Terry Jones reported that the Edmonton football team did not have to touch its $13 million heritage fund, nor its $4 million in earnings from the 106th Grey Cup to navigate the COVID-19 crisis. What are your thoughts on that, Mr. Dunkster? To me, first of all, it's smart and prudent, although obviously Edmonton had to do it by cutting a number of jobs and the one that we realized made a major impact and had reverberations around the league was letting go longtime equipment manager and more than equipment manager to be quite frank Dwayne Mandrusiak just short of 50 years with the team so When you look at some of the decisions that they made, it showed that, yes, they were able to navigate it and not having to touch either of those reserve funds, let's call them, or the reserve funds overall, but it came at a cost. I will say on the flip side of that, you heard about what was going on in Edmonton in terms of Scott Milanovic and how much money he made. Vernon Adams Jr. was pretty surprised to see he made his (laughs) whole salary in 2020. And there were people that told me that, Brock Sunderland and Milanovic were paring down their staff so they could make as much of that coach's cap or football operations cap, I should say, as possible. So they managed it well, but it came at a cost. Yeah, and and look, I know that not every CFL team has $17 million just sitting there, but we've, at least I've looked at the numbers, the three publicly owned teams, community owned teams, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg, all have to publish their books. The, the six private teams do not. Well, the three publicly owned teams uh, all make money, generally, and uh, Edmonton actually has the lowest revenue, generally speaking, between the three. And the fact that they've just gone through the biggest rainy day of the last hundred years of Canadian <laughs> football, and they didn't have to touch their $17 million, I think really frames that narrative in an interesting way that some people have been pushing that the CFL is just this broke, despondent cardboard box of a C- of a league that uh, you know is is being held together right now with with toothpicks and bubblegum. All right, my man, we got to get to this because I'm real curious your take. The CFL released the numbers from this year's virtual, it should be stated, national and regional combines. How much stock do you actually put? in those numbers being real. 
Well, first of all, I don't put a huge amount of stock in the measurables any year. Frankly, you know, uh, I'm a lot more interested in what a player has in terms of skill, what they put on tape than necessarily, you know, whether they run a 4.5 or a 4.6. Uh, that being said, I've talked to a number of scouts around the league, and the general consensus is none whatsoever in at least the numbers on the website. Um, that being said, uh, a lot of the scouts I talked to said, but we do appreciate that the CFL had players record the drills on video so that I could go back, right, and, and time them myself because provided that the, the videos are legit, they haven't been doctored, and uh, they show, you know, kind of a comprehensive look at each drill, teams are able to go back and time them themselves, which is, which is a nice tool. That said, I mean, to, to frame the ridiculousness of some of these numbers, Laval kicker David Cote ran a, apparently, a 6-5-3 in the three-cone drill. Now, the three-cone drill, for those who are uninitiated, essentially is a quickness and balance drill. You know, it tests your, your agility, essentially. Well, at six foot four and 223 pounds, David Cote, again, recorded a 6-5-3. That is the same number recorded at the NFL Combine by Tyreek Hill who is arguably the quickest player in the National Football League. So either David Cote is literally the most agile kicker in the history of professional football, or that number is completely whack. And there are a lot of numbers on the list that I didn't buy into. I, I think the scouts, again, generally seem pleased because they're able to measure them themselves. That said, if you're a fan of the draft looking to you know look at the numbers and get a gauge of what guys can really do, I think you're largely wasting your time by looking at those numbers on CFL.ca simply because, as David Cote's three-cone drill exemplifies, a lot of them are patently ridiculous. The one that is legit, though, is Kyle Borsa, the Regina Rams running back. That dude is pure speed, man. Even though his official... 40-yard time was a little bit slower than the one that we saw on video. There's no doubt he's fast. But overall, it does show that there is importance on the CFL Combine because then the scouts can see these guys in person and time them with their hands that have been doing it for years and years and years. Yeah, and I cannot wait for a live in-person CFL Combine, presumably at least in 2022. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster, but when we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Movie. On this day in 2001, the New York Giants selected Toronto native Jesse Palmer in the fourth round of the NFL Draft. The Florida product spent five years in the league, primarily as a backup completing 63 of 120 pass attempts for 562 yards, three touchdowns, and four interceptions. Palmer signed with the Montreal Alouettes in 2006, but quickly decided to step away from football to continue pursuing a career in television. He remains the highest selected Canadian quarterback in the history of the NFL draft. Dunkster, it's now time for the three-minute drill. The Toronto Argonauts added recently retired Canadian NFL defensive lineman Tyrone Crawford to their neg list. Is that a big deal? It could be. You look at all of the high-profile former NFL players they've signed under this new regime, Artavis Bryant, top among them, could be possible. 
Winnipeg reporter Paul Friesen reported that the Blue Bombers will not hoist their 2019 Grey Cup banner until IG Field can hold a full crowd. Does that make sense? I think it's a great decision. Let's wait until 33,000 people in the peg can celebrate that much, much awaited Grey Cup title for 2019. University of Regina running back Kyle Borsa ran the fastest 40-yard dash of the National Combine at 446 Dunkster. We already know you're a fan. Mm-hmm. It's legit for sure. Explosive running back Deontay Glover was added to the 2021 CFL draft. Could he be a ratio breaker? I've had a couple people tell me he might actually be better than Kyle Borsa. So yes, my answer Ooh. is I think he could. He had, a, he had 2,100 yards all purpose at Shepherd University in 2019. Pretty spectacular. Steve Simmons believes the CFL should get financial assistance from the federal government. Do you agree, Dunkster? I've got a lot of respect for Steve, but no. If you want to be called a professional league, and we've seen pretty much every other pro league around the world operate during the pandemic without assistance from government and they still get it the canadian emergency wage subsidy was something the cfl drew on in 2020 and they will again in 2021 so they're already getting help they don't need more alberta's chief medical officer said capacity restrictions for large events could be lifted by late july what does that potentially mean for the cfl I think it's great news for the CFL. And one thing that we heard speculated on Wednesday talked about is the fact that we're likely going to see more games played out West to start the year. That's great news for fans in the West. Lots of August home games with East teams come to visit. And then hopefully as restrictions ease in the East, we'll get some games in Ontario and Quebec. The Riders apparently, Dunster, want to groom global punter Kade Vedvik as their heir apparent to John Ryan. Is that a good idea? It could be if he actually signs with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. we got to remember, Hodge, quickly. Globals only make $54,000. That number is capped. The Riders would like to save some cash in the position, but John Ryan, hometown favorite, let that guy punt for you as long as he wants to. The Washington football team could choose the name Rough Riders as their new moniker. Can you believe that? I think that... They should get the name Rough Riders so long as another NFL team uses the word Rough Riders. Two Rough Riders in the same league. I'd love to see it happen in the NFL. <laughs> On that note, Dunster, we are out of time. We thank you, as always, for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.